It is the 200 level episode 149. It is an emergency podcast on a Saturday morning, and we're calling this Daydream Belima. Or Belima, I guess is how you pronounce it. But for all those monkeys fans out there, decided to throw you a bone. I'm excited. I'm legit excited. On the last 200 level, we talked about the three candidates, or I should say the four, if you want to throw Fickle in there, that were being thrown around as rumors. Now, my source about Fickle, maybe that was true, maybe that was not true, that Whitman actually met with Fickle, and that would be your top option in the case of Illinois and a lot of schools in this offseason if they make a coaching change. But then you look at the three names that were probably the serious contenders here, and that would be Brett Bielema, Jeff Munkin, Lance Leopold. Now, on Friday night, there were probably more Illini fans watching the MAC championship than ever before as Lance Leopold's, Leipold, excuse me, his Buffalo team struggled in a loss to Ball State. Jeff Munkin, that name really never caught traction this week, though. It's hard to know about these rumors and how substantial any of them were. Josh, yet again, was pretty stealth. And then last night, I got a text from someone that has a DIA connection that said that Whitman was on a plane and the hiring was imminent. And I figured, okay, well, maybe this is the Lance Leipold thing. They're going to let him play the game and then ink him to a deal. And I had sort of resigned myself to this notion that while Leipold may not have been the most exciting candidate, I understand why he may have been the safest in terms of personality, all that kind of stuff. And also the fact that he is a great X's and O's coach. There's no doubt about that. But as I argued on the last episode of this podcast, if you want what I would really consider to be the safest pick and also the one with the highest ceiling, to me, that was Brett Bielema. Because of what he did at Wisconsin, I'll talk about what he did at Arkansas in a bit because I think that we need to reappraise that when you consider our expectations at Illinois and the fact that in the Big Ten West, he is someone that knows how you win football games. Wisconsin, Iowa. We talk about what are the models for Illinois? What would we like this Illinois program to be? It's not Ohio State. We're not going to get to that level. But why can't we get to the level of a Wisconsin, of an Iowa? Or for that matter, how about we get to that notch just below, which I think the Bielema, even if this doesn't go perfectly, can get you to that level. Now, before we get into this too deep, full disclosure, of course I was excited about the Lovey Smith hire. I also said the Mark Smith was the next D Brown. So when you listen to fanboy carp talk here, understand that, yes, of course I've been wrong before. And sometimes I have been wrong because I've been blinded by my fandom. And I've wanted to be right, even though maybe I knew in my heart of hearts that it might not work out. And as I look at this, I understand that this is not a warm and fuzzy hire. It's not one that is going to get Illini fans super pumped to go out and rush and buy a four-pack of season tickets. No, Brett Bielema is maybe not that kind of personality. But at this point, as an Illini football fan, that my entire life I've seen garbage team after garbage team, coaches leave and not get other jobs because nobody wants them. I think he finally got someone that inevitably would have come back to college football and would have had some level of success, and you got him here. And that is kudos to Josh Whitman for identifying someone that maybe personality-wise doesn't check all the boxes, even though I think that's a bit overrated, this narrative that, you know, Bielema is a jerk and therefore he wouldn't fit here in Champaign-Urbana. Culture, integrity, words like that, which again, I think that narrative is overblown, that Bielema is some sort of snake in the grass. At the end of the day, I want to win football games, period. And if you ask me, who was the best option between Brett Bielema, Lance Leipold, Jeff Munkin, while I liked all three of them for different uh, reasons, Brett Bielema was far and away the best choice here. I'm seeing retread you on Twitter from some people saying that that's where we're retread you. 
And you could say that was Zook, right? He was the Florida guy that you hired because he didn't work out at Florida. I guess Levy Smith because he didn't work at Tampa Bay. So a retread and that he was coming off of a failure and not a success. But I think that's a little bit unfair. There's some context to the Bielema situation, his career arc, that leads me to think that most optimistically, this could be, if not a last stop, a place that he will be for a long time. The Arkansas misstep, if we want to call it that, probably proved to him that the Big Ten West is home. Iowa, Wisconsin, those are programs that are kind of doing their own thing. Would they touch Bielema even if he has success at Illinois? And if Bielema gets Illinois to a level of success where you are as good as Iowa or Wisconsin, why would he necessarily leave? Some of that has to do with Josh Whitman and where the athletic program is going to be compared to Iowa and Wisconsin. But it does make you wonder, with a different athletic director, does Brett Bielema consider Illinois? I think a sales job was important. I think that the facility was certainly important. And I'm still giving more credit to Josh for that facility than I'm Lovey Smith. But this was a sales job to someone that was probably looking for a good opportunity to come back, that was establishing himself as a position coach in the NFL. It was not anything he was, I think, in a hurry to do. If the situation wasn't right, I don't think Brett Bielema would have come back for any school, even though there were rumors, I think, that he would have taken Southern Miss or something like that. Again, I'm not entirely sure about that, but maybe at the end of the day, for all these sort of uncomfortable feelings that some Illini fans may have, that while this guy doesn't really seem like someone we should hire, maybe that discomfort is good. Maybe this football program needs some sort of shot of adrenaline, some sort of change, some edge to it, some swagger. And while Lovey had a quiet swagger, the fact is they didn't win enough games for that to ever come to fruition on the sideline. That program was a mess. Ron Zook was kind of a blubbering fool, unfortunately. As much as I wished it could have worked out with him, it didn't. Tim Beckman, well, we know. Bill Cubitt, nice Uncle Bill, but not really someone you want leading your football program. Maybe we need an edge. Maybe we need to be pissed off and have a chip on our shoulder. I want to go kick the crap out of Wisconsin because it didn't work out back in 2012, right? I don't mind if there's a little bit of that. But most importantly, with all those concerns aside, I want to win. And to do that, you got to recruit, you got to coach them up, as the cliche goes, and you got to surround yourself with a good staff. Of the three that were out there, Bielema, Leipold, Munkin, to me, far and away, the best option for all of those was Brett Bielema, and he got him. Let's talk about that today for this emergency podcast. The 200 Level is brought to you by DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, and if you use coupon code MIKE, you get $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 Level for 10% off your order. You might want to hurry if you want to get it for Christmas. It might be a stretch now, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday or just gifting yourself or an Illini fan during this basketball season with great t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, all of them high quality and vintage inspired Illini apparel. I got a few myself, including my lucky t-shirt. Go online to fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level at fourthandkirby.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, renters, business, you name it. Any insurance that you need, State Farm prices and great personalized service from Brian and his staff. Karen and I can vouch for it after we moved to our new home. Brian was 
superb and made it a very seamless process. So BrianIsMyGuy.com. They get the CARP stamp of approval, as do all the sponsors. Also got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. A lot of you have been doing that. We appreciate it so much. And listenership has been off the charts. Within the last month, um, we have essentially doubled our listenership. And I know the games have something to do with that. A coaching search has something to do with that. But if you're telling friends about the podcast, if you're sharing us on Twitter or Facebook, whatever you're doing, thank you for that. And thanks for making us part of your Illini sports rotation. And uh, I'm not going to do this whole thing where I told you so. It's not that, but I, I have to admit that when I woke up this morning, full disclosure, it was after I took my morning pee. Is that too much? It probably is too much. But, you know, you check the news, you see what's going on in the world. And, oh, here it comes across Twitter. I was, I think, 30 seconds away from when it initially came out. Brett Bielema, new coach of Illinois. That was Bruce Feldman that initially reported it. And not long after that, Illinois football, they got in front of this with a picture of Brett and Josh. Yes, Brett Bielema is kind of just a Joe Schmo-looking dude. I understand that on Twitter and on message boards, people have been criticizing the appearance of this guy, which is, I don't know, kind of a different sort of body shaming, I guess. I know that he looks kind of haggard, okay? (laughs) We can call it what it is. He does not look as cool as Jeff Munkin. Certainly not as cool and collected as Lovey Smith. Okay, we get that. He is a Midwestern boy, born in Illinois, which I did not realize until this week. And he's an Iowa and Wisconsin guy. And these are the programs that we continue to point to and say, I want that. I want that. I want eight win seasons. I want seven win seasons. We always joke about the guy that wins seven games a year consistently is going to get a statue. And it seems like he is equipped to do that. But regardless, you know, this is a morning where I understand why it's not this unanimous sort of, yes, we got our guy. If you go back to the Underwood thing, most people were excited. I think some had to do a little bit of reading up, but it seemed like a fit, not just a fit in terms of wins and losses, but personality-wise. And I think we were sort of reminded of Lou Henson for some reason. There was this folksy vibe from Underwood, but not to the sort of custard cup um, consuming level of Bruce Weber. Nothing wrong with Custard Cup. It's great. But, you know, Bruce Weber was more leave it to Beaver. And Brad Underwood was like, okay, uh, we can do away with that fluff. And I'm, I'm just here to win basketball games. I think that you knew underneath that sort of folksy veneer of Lou Henson that if he had to be a killer, he could be, right? And Underwood had that quality. Bruce Weber did not. I just went through a little diatribe about folksiness. Uh, Brett Bielema is a little bit folksy, too. If you go on press conferences on YouTube and watch him speak, yeah, this is a guy that has personality. And it is a down-home, folksy kind of personality. And you know what we need? I mentioned the edge. And Breitweiser had said this on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing, but thank goodness that you know press conferences, you can actually watch and not fall asleep during the damn things anymore. You want with Brett Bielema. He is a somewhat interesting guy. He is pretty honest in these press conferences. Will he maybe get surly sometimes? Yes. But could we stop pretending for a second with all the words like integrity and character that were thrown around with Lovey Smith when he had someone that openly endorsed nepotism on his own staff and treated reporters like garbage? So don't give me this notion about character and integrity when, first off, I care more about winning football games than any of that. And second of all, it's not like Lovey Smith the way that he interacted with others, was a bastion of integrity all the time. Drop it. Please. Can we afford as Illini fans to be on a high horse about this? I don't think so. 
I know what this football program is. I know what I want it to be. And what I want it to be is not necessarily Big Ten champion, Big Ten champion, right? That I don't know if that's attainable. I'm not so sure about that. I know what is attainable, though. And I think this is the guy that can do that. You bring Brett Bielema in. It looked like this was a fairly quick process, though you wonder, and maybe we'll learn on Monday. I'm assuming that's when the press conference will be. We will learn on Monday about when this process started, when he was first contacted. As we found out from Josh Whitman, after the Iowa game was when he made his decision. So I'm guessing that week between Iowa and Northwestern, he did his due diligence. I doubt if he went out anywhere, flying to different places to meet with people or even contacting them unless it was, you know, through agents uh, under the radar kind of stuff. But in this week, as we kind of predicted, this was a fast process. It was stealth. We didn't have an indication until we did, until we got the tweet on Saturday morning that he was your new coach. Let's start with this. Let's start with concerns about Brett Bielema. And I understand some of these, okay? And I, I get why this is not some sort of triumphant, oh my God, we got our guy. I understand that. Beginning with personality. And that is something that uh, the, the narrative of he's a prickly kind of guy, he's not always fun to deal with, that wherever he's been, people get sick of him. And a lot of that, again, uh, unsubstantiated. I think a lot of it is that when you look at him and when you hear him talk, that is something we project onto him. Case in point, if you look around at, let's say, a Kirk Ferentz, the demeanor with which he carries himself. I don't like Iowa football. I got no beef with Kirk Ferentz. The guy seems pretty cool. He seems like just kind of a normal guy that's a good football coach. And he doesn't ever say anything too controversial. He's always been a man of integrity, since that's the word of the day, from what we know. I understand how that is a different kind of coach from a Brett Bielema, who the way he talks and the way he presents himself, you think, really? And when he was at Wisconsin, I'm not going to lie, I thought, who the hell, how is this guy, how is this guy having this much success despite the fact it's Wisconsin and they've already kind of built that pedigree? I thought, this, this cannot be real. Just the same way I look at Paul Christ and think, really? What is this? Whatever happened to the sort of like Disney-fied head coaches, like Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans, right? Or even the guys that played actual coaches on Rudy. What was it? Parsesian and then Dan Devine, and they still looked like coaches. Brett Bielma just looks like a kind of slovenly Midwestern guy, you know? So you mix that in with these reports, or I don't even know reports, but whispers, let's say, that on his way out of Wisconsin and during his five-year tenure at Arkansas that he was not an easy person to get along with, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. When he was at Wisconsin, when they're winning games, they don't care. That's hindsight. He leaves because, what, he doesn't have the resources. We were all puzzled by it. I was too. And it was ultimately a misstep for him, though it opened up the door for him to fail at Arkansas and fall in our laps. We'll get to that in a second. But Starting with a personality thing, if you're winning, it doesn't matter. And it's not like Lovey's personality endeared himself to the community. It's not like he did a lot of outreach. Warm and fuzzy, he was not. He was a known commodity. And I think we felt like it was a fit because he was with the Bears, because we had some knowledge of what his football teams were like, the Chicago connection. But we never connected with Lovey when he was here. You kind of want to have that as a community. You want to feel like the football coach is part of it. And Ron Turner did a good job of that, even though that was more kind of localized to the country club bougie circle of Champaign-Urbana. 
Ron Zook, I think to an extent, he certainly had some friends while he was here. Tim Beckman, well, he had some friends at Addie's. He'd go there for a blue moon every so often. I think everyone enjoyed his company, if not his coaching performance. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have someone that can connect with the community. So the concerns of, well, you know, Brett Bielema isn't going to be great in terms of outreach um, because he's not warm and fuzzy. He's going to be better than Lovey. I can tell you that. He knows that there is a game to play here, even locally, that you got to schmooze. Brett Bielema, I think, can do that. Certainly better than the previous coach. Let's talk about the Arkansas stint, because that seems to be one where people are throwing around the word retread you, as if, you know, he's damaged goods or something because of what happened at Wisconsin. I want to, or sorry, not Wisconsin. We know he did well there, but what happened at Arkansas? I want to give you what his record was at Arkansas. It was overall 29 and 34. He was 11 and 29 in the SEC. Now, his first year, three and nine, 0 and 8 in conference. So seventh out of seven in the Western. The next year, seven and six overall, but only two and six in conference against seventh in the Western. Eight win season, his third year, five and three in conference, tied for third. His fourth year, seven and six, three and five in his division or conference, excuse me, and fifth in his division. Now, he did get fired after going four and eight in 2017, and that was one and seven in the SEC. Now, if I gave you that five-year win-loss record, it would be the best of any Illinois coach since. Hmm. Think about it. Think about Illinois' history. Think about where Arkansas is in the SEC. Kind of doormats, right? Never consistent winners. Not ever looked at as a serious threat. This is what he did at one of the doormats in the SEC. They were coming off the Petrino era and then one year of John Smith. So what he inherited was not a particularly good situation. I don't know about a a full rebuild. I can't speak to what talent was already on that team, but he built it up pretty quick from a winless SEC team. And then by year three, going five and three in conference and winning eight games. So if you were to transpose that to Illinois, itself a doormat in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten West, it's a perfect fit. We look at Ron Zook's record, which the three middle years of Bielema at Arkansas, seven, eight, seven, right? Seven wins, eight wins, seven wins, is essentially what Ron Zook did at Florida. Difference is that was Florida post Steve Spurrier. Ron Zook inherited a golden goose and won seven, eight, seven, something like that, right? About seven or eight games a year before he got fired. Arkansas is a little different. That's a little bit tougher. And I think that there are some comparisons you can make between Arkansas and their role in the SEC and ours in the Big Ten. But keep this in mind. As he was there at Arkansas, he is in the SEC West with Alabama, Auburn, LSU, all of which between 2013 and 2017 were doing pretty damn well. Add into the mix the fact that Ole Miss and Mississippi State, this would have been the Dak Prescott era, were having their best success In their program's history, essentially, or at least in decades. That's five teams ahead of you in a division that already was tough because of how top-heavy it was. So we're talking about this Arkansas stint like it was a failure when I would counter and say, uh, they're basically us. And he had a better record at Arkansas than any of our coaches have had in a five-year stint. The closest thing would be Zook. Nine wins, then five, then three, and then seven, and then seven, right? 
and he got fired after two consecutive bowl games, though I think at that time, you find me a Illini fan that didn't want to fire him, and I'd say, give me a break. That's, that is delusional hindsight, because people wanted him gone, other than maybe his closest friends. And I look at what Bielema did and think, okay, well, let's say he matches that at Illinois in the next five years. We're pretty happy, but he could exceed that. Because we don't have Alabama in the Big Ten West. We don't have Auburn or LSU in the Big Ten West. No, we have teams like Wisconsin and Iowa that are tough, certainly. But you feel like in terms of talent, if you can upgrade things here, you are not that far away from being able to match them or at least compete with them consistently. So to me, I look at the Arkansas stint not as the huge blemish that other people do. I can't speak to the more kind of personalized... um, you know, interactions between him and the fan base and all of that towards the tail end of it. I'm sure that if you went down there and asked people, well, what do you think of Brett Bielema? It's probably not going to be all that overwhelmingly positive of a response. But the same thing happens anywhere when a coach doesn't work out. Maybe Lou Tepper is the exception to that. And maybe to an extent, Ron Turner. No one really hated Ron Turner. It was just time for him to go. But it's not like we have these fond remembrances of coaches past here at Illinois, just like Arkansas fans wouldn't do the same thing for the ones that didn't work out down there. But I think we need to know our role a little bit and have a nice slice of humble pie. Realize that what he did in Arkansas in five years, if he matched that in the Big Ten West with Illinois, 29 and 34, we'd take it. That's kind of where you're at. So I think the Arkansas thing, I I just don't buy that. I actually put on Twitter... A question, what is it that concerns Illini fans about this? And I got a multitude of responses, but I want to go to Steve Breitweiser and why he thinks this actually works out. And he was going to join us today, but he's got a busy schedule. He is, for those who do not know, the co-host emeritus of the 200 level. And so we have dispatches from the emeritus. This is from Steve. They need to think of this, Illini fans, of like a Star Wars prequel. There can be a totally different story arc than Arkansas and of Wisconsin. The key here is the staff upgrades at offensive line, defensive line, and you need a volume plus recruiter, uh, running back or quarterback. Is this sexy? Maybe not because you know what you're buying to an extent at a power five level, but line play should improve complimentary football, et cetera. Steve continued. He said, this has a bit of a Zook 2.0 feel for sure, but the hiring has been the issue necessarily keeping them too long when momentum is gone has been the issue. Steve and I often talked about that. For some reason, we, as Illini fans, don't address that problem. The Ron Turner keeping him two years too long, or the Ron Zook should have fired him after three and nine. And then you keep these things going, you lose all momentum, and then you force yourself into a larger rebuild for the next guy. To Whitman's credit, you didn't go into a year six with Lovey, and you didn't force yourself into a larger rebuild in 2022. There are some pieces here that I think Bielema could work with initially. It's not going to be pretty. I don't expect a bowl game next year, probably four, maybe five wins. But you have some linemen. You have running backs. You have some running quarterbacks. The staff will be key here. The transfer market will be crucial as well. You got something to work with in a favorable non-conference schedule to boot. So yeah, maybe like an Arkansas year where I think one year he went seven and six, but only two and six in conference. You know, you won your three non-conference games and then you're facing, I think you get Rutgers one more time. You might even get that benefit. Regardless, I agree with Steve that 
the line play will likely upgrade, that the staff will likely upgrade. He mentions recruiting, and I think that's the final step here as to why this is not a monster hire, but one that makes a lot of sense. Brett Bielema knows the game, and he knows the game in the Midwest. He has relationships, relationships that Lovey never bothered to build. And while this may not excite everybody, and I think early indications out of St. Louis, they aren't too pumped about it. Well, we had the St. Louis pipeline, so to speak, for the last five years, and it didn't really do us a whole bit of good. I like Isaiah Williams, right? That's a nice piece. But it's not like it was a windfall of prospects from St. Louis. So this, we don't need to concentrate on any area and say, well, if we don't have them, we're screwed. But we can concentrate on the entire state of Illinois and say, if we can't recruit our own state, we are really behind the eight ball. He will improve that immediately. He will improve recruiting in the Midwest as a whole because of what he did at Wisconsin. And it's not like he burned bridges on the way out of here, maybe for the folks in Madison that don't look back all that fondly on the Brett Bielema era, even though they should with three Big Ten titles. <laughs> I mean, he, as I mentioned on Thursday's podcast, in a lot of ways improved upon what Barry Alvarez was doing. Barry Alvarez did not win a Big Ten title in his last six years, was winning about eight games a year and was sort of like a notch above Minnesota in that they would win all their non-conference games and typically go five and three and occasionally six and two in the conference. Brett Bielema was winning conference titles. I know one of them was somewhat by default because of the whole, what the legends leaders divisions, and that was the year that Ohio State in 2011, that they were on probation or whatever it was. He took advantage of that. But nonetheless, his record at Wisconsin was sterling and it was over seven years. It's not like he left as things were fizzling out. He left the program that Gary Anderson was able to come into and win at a very high level for the, what, year or two that he was there. And then Gary Anderson leaves. Of course, he hasn't really amounted to much. That speaks to the fact that, yes, Wisconsin is probably going to elevate what a coach can do. So to go back to the concerns of, well, he did at Wisconsin, what does that mean for Illinois? I get it. I get it. But I'm not expecting him to replicate what he did at Wisconsin here. I'm expecting him to instill some of the things that Wisconsin does well, and that will just invariably raise the bar to where you don't stink anymore. But no, I'm not expecting three conference titles in seven years. I am expecting 500 to seven to eight win seasons, right? Six, seven, eight win seasons when he gets things established. And that is something that he can offer you, I think, at a safer bet than Munkin or Leipold could have. As we were going through this week, and kudos to Whitman for not dragging this along and making Illini fans crazy, because every day it seemed like there was a new flavor of the month. And even this morning, I could see right before the news came out, I went on the message boards, which I, I really only do these during coaching searches because they're fun to just scour and, and see what people are saying. And even this morning, it, it seemed like people were saying, well, what about Munkin? Let's give Munkin a chance. You know, as if we, as if Josh Whitman would go through these same 48-hour cycles as we do and say, okay, Monday and Tuesday, I'm kind of feeling this guy. And then Josh Whitman wakes up on Wednesday. You know what? Actually, I need to give Brett Bielema a call. And that he's just going to cycle through these guys like we do as a fan base. We were, as Alani fans, playing mental gymnastics here and trying to think, okay, well, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. And the reason that we weren't settling on any one candidate is because each one of them had concerns. But the concerns that come with Bielema, I feel like, are more what we are projecting onto him because of what we saw from afar when he was the Wisconsin coach. And we don't like Wisconsin. Listen, you, you could not find someone that is more annoyed with Wisconsin football and Wisconsin athletics in general than me. 
You guys know that. I absolutely despise it and all the happy fun times that they get to have. I could have thrown up when I was in Camp Randall and they start doing Build Me Up Buttercup and they're just having the time of their damn lives and I'm thinking, this sucks. They're happy as can be and I'm miserable, okay? I hate Wisconsin sports. You guys know that. And I didn't like him when he was there. But did I not like him because of him or did I not like him because he was the sort of Joe Schmo looking guy leading the Wisconsin program? I think it was the latter, right? So as I look at how this could project here at Illinois, I have been excited about coaches before. But the key difference between, let's go down the list here, between Brett Bielema and Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith never won at the college football level, let alone consistently, right? He was more just a coordinator and then he went to the NFL. So that was a, an excitement hire because of the name and the cachet that Lovey Smith has, not because of what he did on the field as a college football head coach. Bill Cubitt, credit to him. I think we're excited early that year as we should have been when he started 4-2 and two or 4-1. and one. And he had, out of all the guys in the last decade, I will say if Bill Cubitt were a higher level coach, that could have been the perfect fit. He did feel personality-wise like a great fit here. Nice enough guy. Nepotism again. Ryan Cuba got the job, so let's not pretend like everything was squeaky clean. But regardless, I like Bill. I think everyone did. It just wasn't a fit. Tim Beckman. Tim Beckman was someone that had a little bit of success at Toledo. And we can laugh at the hire as, well, we should. Let's be honest. But he did turn a pretty bad to lead a program into a pretty good one by the time he left. And Matt Campbell kept that thing running. Of course, we find out that Matt Campbell was really the brains behind the operation. But regardless, from a purely win-loss perspective, you could have done worse than Beckman. But then again, we didn't have the benefit of an in-person interview with him. And that's where it got confusing, right? How could Mike Thomas have done that? So we can let's just skip past Beckman, not even compare him to Brett Bielema, because at that same time, Brett Bielema was winning Big Ten championships when Beckman was building up Toledo. Go back to Ron Zook. Yes, some success at Florida, but as I mentioned, you know, we look at Brett Bielema, what he did at Wisconsin. Had he only done that at Wisconsin for three years and won seven, eight games a year, and then he went to Arkansas and did what he did, I wouldn't be convinced. But that's the difference between Bielema and a Ron Zook. Ron Zook did it for three years when Steve Spurrier left, won seven, eight games a year, not nearly good enough for how good that program was, a top 10 program at the time. I thought it was a good hire for Ron Gunther. It damn near worked because of the recruiting, but at the end of the day, Ron Zook is nowhere near the coach that Brett Bielema is. He's just not. Go back to Ron Turner, same sort of thing. It was an inspired hire, I thought. Again, to Ron Gunther's credit, and like Steve said, it wasn't so much the hires, it was keeping them too long, Right. And Ron Turner was someone that immediately after you go, well, maybe not the five one year after the Sugar Bowl, but the next year when you win one game and you brought him back again, only to go three and eight. Ron, Ron Turner just wasn't a college head coach at the end of the day. He's a coordinator. So I'm just going back over the last 20 years and saying out of all of these guys, Brett Bielema is the first one we've had in two decades that or even longer than that that is a proven commodity at the head coaching level for college football. That alone is a win. And that is, that is an upgrade. That is something that Lovey Smith did not bring to the table. And when his name and his brand didn't help you out in terms of recruiting and you started losing games, that was just a pointless endeavor, right? But now we have someone that knows how this thing works and what doesn't work more specifically, right? 
part of the reason that Illinois football has failed for as long as it has is these guys will come in, they'll have an idea what they want to do, and at some point or another, they either are unable to execute it or they kind of lose sight of what that plan was. We saw Lovey Smith sort of deviate between plans. We saw Ron Zook, when the wind stopped, all of a sudden his recruiting stopped. And you can go down the list and find these guys that didn't have this sort of consistent foundation for how they were going to run their program. There was a little bit of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it stuck. Brett Bielema, coming from the Iowa and Wisconsin schools, all those programs know is consistency. Those programs all have a foundation where even on their worst years, they're not going to be bad, right? Their worst years are the five and sevens. And they aren't necessarily an indication that it's all over because every time Illinois goes five and seven, it seemingly comes after a big year. And I know that, oh, great, this coach isn't going to work either. I'm sick of that cycle. I am so tired of Illinois bringing guys in, having that little glimmer of hope, having that big year even, and then no follow-up and no consistency that when you fall back, you fall back really far and you have no ability to garner or gain that momentum back. I want consistency. I don't need the 10-win season. I want the 7-win seasons with the occasional 8, where the basement is 5. Okay, that's what I want. Brett Bielema to me, 200-level listeners, that's the guy. Okay? Not the guy that I'm going to go to sleep tonight and be like, oh my God, Brett Bielema's our coach. I get it. He's not this sort of rock star hire. But at the end of the day, I wanted a winner. And you got one. You got one that, at least in the context of Illinois football, is the best winner we've had since Makovic. And that's not hyperbole or anything like that. Compare Bielema to Tepper, to Turner, to Zook, to Beckman, to Cubit, to Lovey. I just counted six coaches. That's been my life as an Illinois fan. Those six guys. I don't remember Makovic. Certainly don't remember Mike White, though I hear plenty about it. The Mike White era to me is like the 85 Bears. I hear about it. How much fun would that have been? And then after a while, I get kind of pissed off thinking, I didn't get to experience that. The closest thing I got was one Saturday night when Michigan came in here in 2000, and we got screwed. And that was my peak in terms of seeing what that atmosphere could be like at Memorial Stadium. Because if you go back to 2001 and 2007, as fun as those years were, man, there was an electricity in the air in 2000 thinking that we had our new Mike White. Even though Ron Turner didn't have the personality, we had our offense, we were about to arrive, and it never came to pass. And as fun as a couple seasons have been since then, it's been so fleeting that it's exhausting, right? We're exhausted, I think. And maybe that is feeding into why some Illini fans are not genuinely excited about this. And I'm not going to try to pretend or, or pull anyone's leg and say, you must be excited about Brett Bielema. But what I will say is, what you should be excited about is if for you, the most important thing is wins and losses. And at 34 years old, <laughs> you know, I, I could do the integrity game and all that kind of stuff, which again, I think is overblown. Those questions about Brett Bielema. I could play that game, but ultimately, I have a lot more fun on college football Saturdays when my team wins. That's when I have fun. I don't have fun when the APR comes out and I find out a bunch of our guys have graduated. I know that sounds callous. I don't really care. I do as an alum. I don't want us to run some sort of shoddy shit, but at the end of the day, I don't care to the level as I do on a Saturday when my team wins and then I get to go back out to lot 31 and enjoy myself.
where the wind enhances the tailgate and not the other way around where the tailgate is really the only thing you look forward to and the game itself is an afterthought. I, I want to flip that. I want the tailgates to be the launching pad for my dad and I to say, okay, hey, let's actually make sure we get into the game in time for the national anthem or whatever it may be. Instead of, well, dad, I'll meet you in the second quarter. That's what I've done because it's not appointment football, you know? It's not anything to really look forward to. And it wouldn't take much to get Illinois fans to that level. That's why I think for those that are leery about this, imagine what you would feel like after a consistent three seasons or so where you are winning seven games a year. Seven, eight, seven. The middle years for him at Arkansas. Imagine that. Seven wins, eight wins, seven wins. And that's kind of what he does. And maybe he'll do more, right? I think the ceiling's high. I think that if he gets a good staff in here and can recruit pretty early, yeah, I think the ceiling is very high. You know, Kirk Ferentz is not going to be at Iowa forever, even though that thing is just, it's like they're getting better, like a fine wine. And maybe that's just because they kick Illinois' butt every year, but that is just a program that, you know, seven, eight years ago, it felt for a little bit like maybe it was stagnating. And now it's just, they are what they are. They win eight, nine games a year, not seven or eight, but eight, nine in the occasional 10-1 season, and they aren't falling back to those five and seven years. Like, I think Ferentz had a couple of those in, like, 2007 when they beat us. I think that was a five and seven Iowa team. But as I look at this Big Ten West, you know, even with Pat Fitzgerald and his Northwestern team making a Big Ten title, I look at Paul Chris from Wisconsin, which I'm, I'm waiting, folks. I am waiting for Wisconsin to fall back to just being good instead of great. With Minnesota and the uncertainty there, P.J. Fleck isn't going to suck, I don't think. But we saw this year that they fell back pretty quick because they had a lot of veteran guys on last year's team, and he's still got to build that to maintain consistency. When I see a Purdue team that had the worst recruiting class, worse than you did, when I see Nebraska and Scott Frost, and I don't even know what the deal is with Nebraska, I'm just saying there's an opportunity. There is. And Leipold. Brilliant coach, I assume. I don't care if he lost one game last night to Ball State. If that would have been the higher, I would have been fine with it. I wouldn't have been as excited, though, because there's still that unknown of can he do at the Power 5 level. Jeff Munkin, I love the Illinois connections. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Would have really fit in personality-wise in Champaign-Urbana. But at the end of the day, there would have been questions about the triple option, which, hey, I like. I've always talked about why the hell not, you know? But with those two guys, there are far more uncertainties on the field than there are with Brett Bielema. That's why the hire was made. From what I understand, $4.2 million a year for six years. Now, that's a lot of money. And in a pandemic, ooh, man, um, I, maybe donors helped out with that. Maybe Josh used that week between Iowa and Northwestern to secure money, not for the buyout, but to make sure that he could afford a guy like Brett Bielema. But he did. By the way, that is a very middle-of-the-road salary in the Big Ten. This is the way the college football is going. I got to give Josh Whitman credit for recognizing that. And, you know, you got to keep up with the Joneses. It's unfortunate. I'm not going to pretend like it is, it is a moral question or ethical question how in this climate you can throw $4.2 million at any coach. But that's how it is, right? And as a sports fan, I turn on those blinders. And I want to win so bad that I'm okay with some of that. But let's not take it too far. We are not selling our souls to the devil to hire Brett Bielema. You know, you can have your questions, but I don't think that there's anything in the way of substantial, oh my God, he's going to turn this program into a dumpster fire.
I could eat my words and don't worry. I will remember when this podcast was recorded. So if he fails in three or four years, I will happily go back. Well, not happily, but go back and say, listen, I was totally wrong about this. But my argument, Illini fans, would be you got a good college football head coach. And that is something that we could not say in this program's history for the last two, three decades. For someone so star for wins like myself, I'm going to take it. Welcome, Brett Bielema. Are you ready for the Zoom press conference on Monday? Not quite the same pop. I was at the Zook press conference when he said Illinois, but we were so excited. I remember I was really excited at the idea of Ron Zook and what he would do in terms of recruiting here. That kind of played out. Though Ron Zook is a coach, that played out even more. <laughs> you had a ceiling as to what you could accomplish with him. So I'm excited for the next few months when we get the staff in place, when you start getting those reports at high schools in the state about Brett Bielema visiting them. I don't think you're going to get grifted here like you did with Lovey Smith. The effort is going to be there. Brett Bielema knows that you have to kiss some ass and you have to build these relationships and you have to work hard in order to get it done. And I think as a guy from Wisconsin, he would know that at Illinois, you can't really spare any effort. Final point. I know this is getting long-winded here, but let's say Brett Bielema is using Illinois as a launching pad. I've seen this on Twitter a few times this week. Well, what, the first time he has success, he's going to look for greener pastures. Well, that would require Illinois having success first. I would be happy for him to be another John Makovic. Lou Tepper couldn't keep it going. But think about the Makovic years. It launched him to a job at Texas. Now, if we would have been in a better position, I think you were between athletic directors at the time, and that's why Tepper took over for the bowl game, and then Gunther just kept him. Something like that. But let's say he has success. He's using Illinois, if you want to use that term, to go to greener pastures, to reestablish himself as a really good college football head coach. Well, guess what? What that would mean is he has success first, and then Josh Whitman would be able to sell a football program that was winning consistently. And with the facilities, coupled with wins on the field, and I would presume an energized fan base because we're actually winning games, all of a sudden, I'm not going to say sleeping giant because that comes around every coaching search for Illinois, but all of a sudden you're a legit player. And if that's what Brett Bielema does, if that's the concern that, well, his heart may not be in it, he's really just here to win some games and move on to a better gig, I will take it. You can use us, Brett, if that's what it's about. But you know what? I also get the feeling, and maybe optimistically so, that after what happened in Arkansas, this is his home, the Big Ten, the Big Ten West. And there is that possibility, however slim it may be, given Illinois' history, that you may have gotten your guy. And he got in a roundabout way. It kind of fell in your lap because of what happened in Arkansas, that he was in the NFL under Belichick for a year or two. Then the New York Giants is a linebacking coach waiting his turn, right? And he might have been doing so very methodically and deliberately, ready to pounce at the next decent college football opportunity. And it just so happens to be Illinois. This might be fortuitous timing. I'm excited to see what he does. And unlike if he would have brought Lovey back, I'm, I'm going to text my dad this because what we did is sort of downgrade um, downgrade to one horseshoe ticket so we could keep our basketball points. I think we'll get two horseshoe tickets next year. How's that? That is the level of excitement. I got two horseshoe tickets. We'll see in lot 31 and we'll be able to see what Brett Bielema is able to do for this football program. But it is an upgrade. 
Let's make that clear. This is a major upgrade for Illinois football, and kudos to Josh for signing someone that is one at this level. I'm excited. I hope you are. If you aren't, I get it. But when the wins come, all is well. All is well. Okay, before we go, 200 Level brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. You can stay home, stay warm. They will bring a popping hot calzone to your door anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 Level for 10% off your order. That's at fourthandkirby.com. And State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for all your insurance needs and fantastic personalized service. That's Brian Hansen, your State Farm agent at brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Whew. I knew this was going to be a busy week. We got a show tomorrow. We are not going to do one for the Illinois Penn State game. Sorry. I, you know, it's kind of an afterthought. Though Brett Bielema will be at the game. I'm guessing on the sideline, kind of like I think Tim Beckman was during the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. My God, that was an eternity ago. What a decade for Illinois football. And what I mean by that is what an awful decade. I'm more optimistic about the next decade of Illinois football because of what happened today. And I'll take that. I'm going to take that optimism and hope that it works out. We will be back tomorrow for the Illinois Rutgers game, second half podcast with Isaac and Trevor. And then Wednesday, we got, uh, let's see, Penn State at 5.30 on Wednesday night. So it'll be me, Isaac, and my buddy Andrew for that game before Christmas. I'm guessing Monday, too, after a Brett Bielema press conference, we'll have a reaction kind of thing to that. So we'll be around. Again, thank you so much for making us part of your podcast rotation. It means a lot between the solo pods and the post-game reaction pods. I hope that we are bringing something different to the table for you. I hope that you, well, if you're listening to this point, I guess you enjoy it enough, right? Even if you're, maybe you're hate listening for all I know, but the fact that you're making the 200 level part of that rotation when there's so many options out there does mean a lot. And as an Illini fan, it's exciting to cover what you hope is history, right? What you hope is the beginning of an era where we can have sustained success. And it may just be that. Maybe it's the fact it's Christmas time and hope springs eternal and 2021 is just going to be a better year. But I am taking what happened in the last week. If you would have told me during this season that by the end of it, I would have Brett Bielema instead of Lovey Smith as the head coach for the football program, I would take it. So that's where we are. I'm happy. And uh, for those that aren't, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll find some common ground. That's what we do here. All right. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you tomorrow for the Illinois Rutgers game. It is the 200 level. <laughs> <laughs>